Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weeding now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peacing out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. Everybody and welcome in to the Penny Bloom podcast. Today we continue our comic book movie journey through film with Thor. It was released on May sixth, two thousand eleven, with a story by Mark Protasevich and J. Michael Straczynski, a screenplay by Don Payne, Zach Stenson, Ashley Miller, and directed by Kenneth Branagh. I am Colton Robertson. I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up? What up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you, and welcome back to Varus Pennington. What's up, buddy? How goes it? Having another good day? Oh, fuck yes. Fuck yes. It's a, it's an especially good day today. I'm a, mm. I'm a big fan of Thor. I've always, uh, this is, you know, Joseph in recent weeks when we've talked Iron Man, has talked about his nostalgic mm-hmm. attachment to Tony Stark and how it goes back a long ways. Um, this is that one for me. I um, see. I know, yeah. sure as shit, I watched this when I was 11. I can't say that I watched Iron Man when I was 8. I can't say that okay. I watched Iron Man 2 when I was 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple years before I made it to those. Um, but uh, I did watch Thor before I watched, you know, The Avengers. The Avengers was my introduction to both Captain America and Iron Man. But I had seen Thor. Um, okay. And I, I, lo- I love Thor. I love Thor. That's that's the point I'm making. Uh, how, how are we feeling? How are we feeling about this one? Uh, Tavares, how you feeling about Thor? This one was this one was interesting. I was realizing uh, Thor is one of those trilogies in the MCU that I didn't necessarily pay attention to as much as the other ones. So I don't think I've really watched Thor, maybe but once mm-hmm. or twice. So it mm-hmm. felt almost like a new movie in a lot of ways, but actually focusing on it and kind of understanding where some of these characters' plot lines end up and how they start. Um, so it was it was a fascinating watch. Honestly, it felt. It felt so reflective of 2011, if that makes sense. Like, (laughs) it seemed like a lot of um, the areas where we may say that looks cheap now, that was just kind of like the beginnings of of a uh, style that got tired out by the by the uh, Marvel movies that came after Thor. So it was cool to see, um, you know, those themes from that perspective again. No, fuck yeah, Joe. How you how you feeling fresh off this watch of Thor? I'm kind of like in the middle of of you two when it comes to Thor. I uh I don't know exactly when the first time I would have watched it. I knew Iron Man was like that was my guy. I mean, I remember I, I was I love Tony, but Thor. I mean, who can hate Thor? I, especially as like a young boy, I'm like this is the like God. This is like literally like everything. Like I like Tony, but if I could choose to be a person in the MCU, I think it's. I mean, at this point, it's it's pretty easily Thor. Yeah. Um so I mean I, I I watched Thor before I watched the Avengers. Captain or Cap was the only one I didn't. So I, I watched mm-hmm. Iron Man and Thor. I didn't get Cap. Cap was first introduced to me in, in Avengers, but uh Thor I I don't have as, as long of a history as I do with Iron Man, but it's still a great one with Thor. I uh I've never hated Thor and I've like even the 
like the dark world which we haven't gotten to yet like i i've always loved every thor movie and people calling it like one of the worst in the mcu is just kind of i think it's i think when you get into like elves and and you know frost giants and it's super fantasy it just turns some people off um, oh yeah no this but... is a there's a lot of things about this one i mean i'm astonished uh that this was the fourth uh mcu movie uh, obviously it's the first time you know the next time they take a swing like this outside of thor isn't until 2014 with uh, guardians of the galaxy they don't uh, do wow. anything of this grander and this mm-hmm. i don't know uh the, the cosmic element yeah you, you know like really and not just that yeah. but stylistically like kenneth branagh is a pretty unique filmmaker in that you know, he makes a lot of sense for this Shakespearean Thor as like a lot of his first five movies were adaptations of Shakespeare's work. You know, he, his first debut directorial debut was uh, uh, Henry V. Then he did Much Ado About Nothing and uh, a, okay. bu- a bunch of other uh, Shakespeare adaptations. And he also did, uh, you know, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, which isn't Shakespeare, but it's it's it comes from that same era of literature you know like Combined it's, it's old Shakespeare and, yes. and Frankenstein and kind of that that's comic booky you know, kind of there that's you know a little bit of a comic yeah, book it's kind of a thor vibe i like yeah that. and that's I, why like i think that this movie it, it it has a similar problem to iron man 2 for me in that it has trouble finding the tone it wants to take a lot of the time i feel like hmm. i think it it does it spends a lot of time bouncing back and forth between i mean asgard and earth and i think that tonally there's some visual language stuff that works <laughs> on asgard that doesn't work when we get to earth and there's like a maintained continuity in the visual language and it doesn't really work for me which i know like it's it's i'm talking those dutch angles like when we're I going mean, to like dutch angles on asgard the camera tilts fucking 30 degrees one way or the other like on asgard it almost feels like that makes sense it's heightened it's fantasy it's it's out there but then we get down to earth and we're still doing that in like the most mundane circumstance and mm-hmm. it's like oh well, you know i don't know i don't know if we need that you know yeah yeah no. it's it's oh like overwhelmingly used like it's it's crazy how much everything is just angled um and like yeah, I think like Asgard for 2011, like it looks incredible. Like it was like um, visually, whenever we were in Asgard, I was I was down with it. But I'd say these are the best visual effects we've gotten in the MCU so far. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I would stress though the visual effects specifically because there was some of that like fight CG that was going on that looked like Flash from the 2014 like television show, and I was just like, whenever he starts like swinging the hammer super fast and the ice like. <laughs> Which is up like in all the directions. It's like, yeah, it's it's cool, but like it it kind of looks a little twenty eleven. Like yeah. like a, a high, a highly, uh, like a highly what's what's invested in like TV show. But I'm like maybe budgeted. that was the, mm-hmm. yeah, highly budgeted. Uh, is that is that like maybe that was the norm at that point in time? I can't remember because they've just gotten so insane with that kind of thing in movies. No, yeah, it's it's 
You know, I think that there's an interesting thing with this where, you know, there's one, there was one in my head that really stuck out and it's when Heimdall takes down the two frost giants towards the end when he busts out of his ice and stuff. I mean, he is very clearly a CG character model as he does it. Um, and that's like, that's fine. You know, I don't really, when it comes to like realism and CGI, I think there's a line like an Iron Man one and Iron Man two it is important that you get a degree of that, like realism, like you, you feel grounded in reality. You feel like this is a real thing that's happening. It's tangible. It's right in front of you. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when it comes to Thor, I'm okay with a little bit more of like that suspending belief because we are on Asgard and we are doing some crazy funky shit, you know? And, uh, if, uh, it, it, it can't, it, but don't get me wrong. Like there are certain things in this movie that if they did it now, it would still look better. Even if it was heightened fantasy, you know, yeah. like, uh, it's it's certainly it it certainly had that feel, but uh, I'd say too yeah. an important element about this movie is that it was kind of from what I remember I don't remember what's what point in the MCU phase one this was, but it was pretty early on, and so it was one of those points where you're realizing like oh Iron Man isn't just going to be a standalone movie or whatever mm -hmm. like we're going to have an actual universe associated with this where we're getting all these kinds of heroes, and so like we're starting to see some of those characters um uh bleed over into other uh franchises which was just the thing that wasn't happening at, at that point in movies mm -hmm. um, so that was like a a big part of the excitement that was kind of renewed for me in watching it yeah no it's uh it was it, it this one makes me nostalgic as shit like i said and i you know um i do appreciate the beginnings of this universe and like you said you know it, this is early on but you know whereas like phase 4 was like what 17 18 fucking things like six movies and mm. eight tv shows or whatever the fuck yeah. um yeah. the first phase was six movies it was iron man mm. hulk iron man 2 thor captain america the avengers and that's neat you know it it's very nice it's so you know? great it's so it's simple but more than the average movie will do like it's it, at that time five movies all connected to each other like you usually get a trilogy for some some things you know like big franchises whatever but you know like this i i, I felt the connectedness like a lot mm. this time you know colson you know it, at the end of of iron man 2 he leaves and it, uh, it's something in new mexico something like that whatever and that you know it, we see Coulson and Shield and Hawkeye. Hawkeye, I think, is hilarious. I like to introduce like this way. He literally doesn't even shoot a fucking arrow. He just is tr like on Thor the whole time. He's like, "Hey, I can take him if you want me to." You That's know, a I, really good point. Oh, I hadn't considered that in Hawkeye's debut in the universe, he probably yeah. should shoot an arrow. He um, literally hops in a, like baby. a little crane box, goes up, and just has his eyes on Thor. He it never fires, and it doesn't show anything of what he can do. And I think that's just Clint, hilarious. Clint Barton, baby. Um, yeah, like literally in the movie, if if you don't even know it's Hawkeye, he Coulson says, "All right, I need a I need a man with a gun in the sky or something like that." And he goes to grab like a sniper, but then he's like, "No, bow." You know, and it's like, is that like really supposed to be like a oh Hawkeye moment? You know, because like, how the fuck would you know? Like they don't say anything that it I is Hawkeye. His origin like, story is like no, no sniper today, a bow. Like yeah, like yeah, I don't know. I, a, I think that's one of those more like deep cut moments for Marvel comic fans. Where if you're if you're watching mm. this in 2011, 
you yeah, are on you you know you've been reading comics for years you go to the thor movie there's a dude who runs up reaches for a gun thinks about it grabs that's a bow true. and then like the people who are familiar with hawkeye at that point are going wait wait that's true wait. i guess and, they're they, yeah at that point they didn't have to try nearly as hard to pull those things off mm-hmm. either it was just like literally any mention any reference <laughs> whatsoever and people are screaming and yeah that's true because like it, even uh, Stellan Skarsgård is like, yeah, I had a colleague uh, that worked in gamma radiation. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. okay, cool, cool little mention of, of Bruce Banner. Apparently, a deleted scene. He also goes on to mention um, Hank Pym, I guess. Hmm. Uh, but they they got rid of that, which is interesting. Yeah, there's there's a bunch of interesting stuff from the early MCU where they had intentions mm-hmm. of introducing certain yeah. characters a lot earlier, um, but they didn't. You know, Shang Chi was conceptualized to be like this early on like wow maybe maybe fresh off the avengers like it was going to be like 10 years before it actually happened um and yeah. as you said hank pym captain marvel was originally supposed to like they have a deleted scene from like age of ultron or carol danvers is at that little group at the end whenever it's like new avengers teaming up captain america mm-hmm. and black widow are leading them and stuff yeah like there was so like there's all sorts of those um, examples where they're like ah well we can go ahead save that for later you know um, yeah. yeah well and for good reason too because i think one of the great things about this early these early mcu movies is how um while they're connected and they feel expansive more expansive than things that um you then you'd you'd seen to that point it still felt small like the stories and mm-hmm. scale still were pretty contained which allows you to get invested in the characters of individuals yeah. and not as part of the mcu which is just like an essence i think that is kind of lost on them at this point oh 100 i wish the mcu would still show this sort of restraint instead of you know like like i said they thought about all these people being introduced this like so early on and they had the restraint to go well we're probably not going to get to that for a long time maybe we hold off on that you know but like in eternals we're like here's here's fucking star fox here's harry styles We'll see. We'll see when we ever pull that off. Uh, at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming, they're like Michael Mando as, uh, Scorpion, maybe? Mm. No, nah, we'll yeah. never touch that. Um, yeah. that was fucking. Forget Wesley Snipes' is like Blade voice cue for, uh, like Dane Whitman, right? Like having that, mm-hmm. that's not come back up. The fucking, uh, what's what what are they called celestial that was inside of earth that is now hanging outside of earth hasn't been touched whatsoever you know that's just taking up an ocean now who the fuck cares Nobody uh talked yeah, about it yeah Not it's like passing it's kind of it's kind of great uh like in the new thor thor love or love and thunder it's like gore the god butcherer we thought like you know i don't know i didn't think he just would or whatever it's just like he, i mean cool villain for the movie but like a lot of stuff in there that was just brought up and incredibly underdeveloped but, but yeah like that's the thing is that there's all sorts of stuff that you know the mcu could benefit from showing the sort of restraint that they did early on and i know that it's a completely different game now you know like yeah it's obviously they're on movie four, wise, you know they're on movie yeah. four right now so it's uh compared to what the fuck but are we post on now end game would it have been the worst idea to return to a sort of phase one format and try to recreate that sort of vibe? Like, yeah, you know, no, I think they saw the dollar signs and never looked back. I think yeah, they were yeah. like, oh, if we bring in more people, more money, it's as simple as that. More uh, movies, more shows. Yeah. If we put more money into everything, exactly. maybe we'll get more money out of everything. Um, 
Yeah, no, but like, regardless, you know, I don't want to make this a uh, conversation that's about true. the old MCU that's versus true. the new MCU, but, uh, but you know, it's hard when you're, when you're talking about a movie is. like this because this does yeah. sort of, you know, I've said it with every passing movie. Iron Man 2 kind of set the tone for what MCU movies modernly have kind of mm-hmm. become. You know, um, in terms of T- Tavares was talking about the family friendliness that they kind of brought to the table and, you know, they, they, they wanted to put the cash in the bank. And, you know, this was the, this was the first, uh, risk, you know, I know yeah. Iron Man was a risk, you know, mm. like it's right. not really though. I mean, it's like they they were very safe, very safe movies to, e- if you want to call it a risk, it's a very safe risk, but Thor, that's a, no, it's a big swing, you know. Yeah, like I, I would say, like the 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 risk on Iron Man at all is just that you're the company was on the brink of bankruptcy and they don't have the rights to any mm. of their characters movie wise, so they had to pull off Damn. what at the time was like a C lister in Iron Man. You know, like Iron Man is only an A lister because True. of Robert Downey True. Jr. and what these movies did. But uh, at the time, I mean, like he had a cartoon in the '90s and shit, and he, you know, he was obviously a very big comic character for a long time. But, mm-hmm. you know, you can ask random people on the street. They know Hulk. They know Spider-Man. They know Wolverine at the time. They didn't know fucking Iron Man. You know mm. what I'm saying? Now they do. Yeah. But uh, this true. was uh, this was an even bigger. Uh, this is an even bigger swing than that. You know, I think that it it captures an interesting tone that I think, you know, like Guardians of the Galaxy eventually sort of follows up on with the cosmic sort of side of the universe. Um and to a, to a degree, Captain Marvel as well later on. But, uh, there's, uh, there, there's a fun tone set here for what the larger universe looks like mm. and how, like, there, there are other realms and other planets and there's mm-hmm. so much going on in this universe that we, we don't know yeah, about. Yeah. And, uh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. According to Kenneth Branagh, uh, Branagh, am I saying that right? Branagh? Yeah. Uh, for one, I only know him as an actor. I, I didn't know that he was like, uh, behind the scenes a lot. I just from, from the Nolan movies. Um, but as far, you know, um, as according to him, Odin was the, like, God, he was the top dog in the, uh, in the MCU, like when he was making this movie that I guess is, I don't know if he was told that. I don't know if that's just what he went with. Um, but like, it's, it's crazy, like, uh, that I can watch this movie and be like, oh, they could actually maybe like call back on some of these things for the future like mcu projects like mm. and and I, I i can go you know down the rabbit hole with that uh but at the end of the day i gotta remember that it's like this was 2011 we are in 2023 movies will be coming out in 2024 like this they they did not plan all this shit in 2011 no. so like not at all but no, they can act like they did, you know, stuff, sort yeah. of thing, you know, like they can act oh, like, like they've been doing for exactly. fucking 10 years. Yeah, like they're fixing plot holes with other explanations uh, mm-hmm. and sort of things like that. Um, and and I, I I love, uh, I just love going in on Odin and, and Loki and after Loki season two, my main like uh, kind of question is like how involved will they be with this new Loki stuff? Uh, is it is it just done and it's just like that's how the universe works now and you know we're opening up everything or are they going to be like, well no like this was part of Odin's plan like his larger plan for Loki you know like he banished Thor to Earth to learn a very very valuable lesson and you know and then he teaches Thor many more lessons after that like you are not the god of hammers um, you know that's a very valuable lesson for him but Loki I, I, like it, it seems that it could be like a very very long um, kind of Term lesson that he's that he's 
setting them on, setting them down a yeah, path. Yeah, like you, you got the master manipulator, the master uh, uh, mischief, the god of mischief. Mm-hmm. Why not teach him a lesson through manipulation and mischief over the course exactly. of, you know. And is he just the god of mischief, you know? It seems seems after Loki season two that he, like, is the time stone. Like, I mean, he is literally, like, he just had the ability to time slip and, like, he's always had that. It's kind of like a Thor moment when he's like, oh, I don't need the hand. I, I, I can I can just harness the power of lightning. Loki seems to have the ability to harness the power of time, just innately. Um, so, like, I wonder if, if it's kind of that sort of thing, because, I mean, I, I, I'm a firm believer Odin had every stone at one point. Maybe not all of them at the same time, but this dude, this dude's been around. Um, and he was the, he's the god of gods. He's, he's fucking top dog. Uh, so, like, I, I, it feels that, like, somehow Loki was imbued with the time stone or something like that, and Thor was imbued with the space stone. I don't know. Something yeah. of the sort is, is kind of where my theory goes, but it seems that they're kind of fucking just done with Infinity Stones anyways, that they don't, they don't really matter anymore. Yeah, you know, at this point, but regardless, I mean, like, it's a fun, it's a fun rabbit hole to go down the, 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 the theories you've been spinning as it regards to Odin go back fucking years at this point. You've, yeah. uh, you've been on that one for a while. I have been. So, uh, you know, it's, it's like fun when Loki kind of gives you a little bit more to go on and, it did. You know, and yeah, I'll, I I'll be, I'll be excited to see how the theory evolves over the course of, you know, Dark World and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, uh, Ragnarok and stuff because I'm I'm curious if anything will kind of poke a hole yeah. in what you think because you haven't watched them in a while. That's true. Um, yeah, nothing's really like in this movie. It was like just small things. It was like, ooh, Loki could have time slipped here. Like it would have been really cool if he came back just to talk to Thor. And you were like, well, mm-hmm. he really didn't say anything nice to him. And I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. actually true. Like it, it yeah. does. <laughs> um, so it's like a, a lot of things just don't really work whenever whenever no, you start yeah, to think about it too hard you could, you could but, do a thing where like maybe you know he time slips at some point just to look at his brother just to see his brother you know not mm-hmm. not necessarily talk yeah. to him but just to see him one more time that, i mean he, that know. one's the only part of the movie where i'm like it's either a plot hole or something else is going on that loki just has an ability to because like whenever the warrior the you know warrior three i mean like what the fuck is that why is sif like not in the why is it not like the Warriors four? Why is it just three? You know, like is it just um, she's Lady Stiff and the Warriors three are typ- like they're separate entities, and I think this movie oh. just brought them together. Um, oh, I don't. I, they just seemed like a group. I don't know, like always. And I'm like, why is she not like included in this? No, warrior? I think typically they're like uh, comic book wise. They you know they don't typically roll that deep. Like I mean, mm. they're they're around each other and stuff, but. You know, I think there's a there's an independent streak that Lady Sif has to a degree that uh, can't be can't be imputed upon by these uh, oafs. Mm. You know, um, ah, she's a little she's just uh, they're like the muscle men, but Sif yeah. is is like that, but she also has got a brain on her. Yeah, you know? um, Lady Sif actually like crossed over into back when they were trying to make this a thing, uh, Agents of Shield, the TV show. Yeah, um, I I was gonna say that that one. Uh, I honestly wish they lean more into agents of shield on this on in this movie because it was such a great opportunity to like yeah that's one blind spot i have no no knowledge of that at all i I don't know it seems good though and Uh, if 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 i remember correct me if i'm wrong colton about agents of shield but when lady sif comes on that show they just kind of imply like colson knows her because of thor right like they don't ever yes yeah like they uh Colson Colson's the one who's able to be like, "Oh shit, Sif." Uh but 
the storyline is that Lady Sif's like lost her memory. She can't remember something and they have to restore it or something. And Mm. so he's like Sif and she's like, who the fuck's that? You know, that, that sort of thing. So it's, uh, Hmm. and obviously she pops back up. There's a, I, I've grown, uh, weary of, uh, Taika Waititi in recent, uh, recent months. Oh, why is that? He sucks. Um, <laughs> oh no! Like yeah. ever? Uh, all the above. Oh, what would he do? Did yeah. I miss something? Did no, something I mean, happen? like he's—he uh, he didn't do anything too controversial recently. It was a long time ago. He said he said some fucked up shit. That's just like mm. so. It's like ah, uh, uh, but regardless, um, hmm. it's I—I uh, I think that creatively he's lost. Uh, He's lost any motivation to do good, you know. I think that he he kind of knew that he was cashing a check with Thor and stuff, and he made goofy movies with his buddies, and that was kind of it. Um, but it was, it, and I hadn't really minded. I hadn't really minded until I watched this again, and I watched the way that Thor kind of treats his friends in the Warriors Three and Lady Sif and stuff. And then I think back to what Thor: Love and Thunder and Thor Ragnarok do with the Warriors Three. And Lady Sif and stuff, and they're they're That's dead. True. They're yeah. dead by Love and Thunder. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, they were like they were ride or die for Thor. Mm-hmm. They yeah, were these, like, were, these were the homies, man. And that's that's what's the that's what makes this movie so compelling compared to the first few MCU movies. Uh, something that I hadn't realized until we've been doing this is that Thor has so easily the most interesting and compelling supporting characters of any MCU character so far. Um, yeah, Iron Man's. I like I like uh, Pepper Potts. I like Happy Hogan. I like Rhodey, but they are not Jane Foster and Heimdall and Loki and Odin and the Warriors Three and Lady. RC is and even Darcy. a long, yeah, long, long lasting character. Stellan Scars, Eric Selvig. Um, yes. you know, he's a crazed. He's kind of turned crazy eventually, but I think it's hilarious just to see Stellan Skarsgård in that role. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Thor. Like the the characters surrounding Thor are insane like and we've had that conversation of how like loki is like one of the most kind of underrated i i don't know if it was now i mean he's kind of very important with loki season one and two but like before we didn't really realize how important loki was uh like the invasion in 2012 like all all these things that loki um has done like to propel everyone else forward um and that loki's always lose to propel everyone else forward this and, was a genius choice by the MCU early on to make Loki the villain of Thor and then to bring him back as the villain of the Avengers. It's a brilliant it, choice. It's a oh fantastic yeah. choice. And, you know, like the closest thing that we can kind of look at now is if we don't even know where we're going and that's like kind of what Kang is now, you mm-hmm. know, like if... uh it's they seem to be building him up a lot more than they ever did Loki, but regardless, like it's it's the closest thing, and I think that that could be interesting. Um, but I, I just again, I love how simple it was. You know, it was just mm-hmm. Loki uh, resented his brother and his and his father for you know looking down on him as less than, um, and mm-hmm. he wanted to be he wanted to be the guy. You know, there was a point in this movie where I put Tom Hiddleston down for my performance. Um, I ultimately changed it, but, uh, it's the scene like for young actors like Chris Hemsworth and Tom Hiddleston, 
um, Hiddleston fucking washes Hemsworth. Like, yeah, he does in this one. Yeah, oh, it's, yeah. It's you could tell it's it's very early in in Chris Hemsworth career. Like, this is he's you know he, he does he does fine. Like I, the scenes like when he's um on earth for the first time and acting very as guardian and you know like in the diner like i think like that's that's fine and like that when he has to be like funny or or whatever he's got Uh, incredible comedic chops chris hemsworth is a funny dude yeah and but whenever it comes to like the more emotional scenes or more um anything like that like i guess him uh yelling at odin you know being like and you're just an old fool uh like that like that conflict they had I i thought was actually done pretty well um, and then the only other scene where I felt like any emotional resonance with Thor was like whenever it's him and Jane sitting by a fire, um, and he's like, Hey, I, I got your notebook back. I got your journal back. Um, and like, don't give up, you know, like you're right. Like you, you like, don't give up. Like you're right. Let me, let me tell you, uh, the stories my father told me. And he goes into like the nine realms and draws on her, you know, journal for her and stuff like that. And I don't know. I thought it was just a really cute scene. It's, it's the one I actually chose just to to plop down uh, as as my favorite uh because I, I don't know i don't i feel like i don't want to go with the end but like the destroyer fight and then thor powering back up like is just so fucking sick like That's i don't know I like I, okay okay sick then i'll go with the the fireside chat they had there. and i wasn't and that was my original that was my original scene that i put hmm. down prior to that um yeah. simply because jane and thor have i mean like there's an effortlessness to what Robert Downey Jr. and Gwyneth Paltrow do and the mm-hmm. Iron Man and Iron Man 2 stuff. And there's an implied history, therefore they don't have to play like they're meeting each other. You mm-hmm. know, like it's not like it, it's not new, yeah. it's not a meet cute, it's nothing like that. Um so this and same with uh, Ed Norton and uh Liv Tyler and uh Mm. and incredible hulk there's mm-hmm. there's a history it's a reunion mm-hmm. it's not it's not we're meeting each other for the first time and i think that the way that they play this is incredible i i love i love their their chemistry and i think that they fire on all cylinders in this one and oh, yeah. uh oh yeah it, this... it's 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 cool it's cute i enjoy it a great deal um natalie portman i mean like there's chris hemworth chris hemsworth and and tom hiddleston they do great but like there's an, there's an actual actor in this movie uh, that that does very well, like every time she's on screen. And I mean, I I think the best performance it, it would it goes to Natalie Portman. I was I was thinking uh, Anthony Hopkins, which for some reason I thought was John Anthony Hopkins last night. I don't know John why. Hopkins, baby. Um, but but I he's just not in the movie enough, and then he's literally asleep uh for yeah. most of it. So I I, I I didn't really feel right giving him the nod over Natalie Portman because she, I, I feel like she just actually I'll deserves forget, it. That's Anthony, that's Anthony Hopkins, though. Like, that's that guy. She kind of falls into that Odin role, and I'm like, Anthony Hopkins, really? Like, I feel like I imagine him as more of, like, a, like the character he is in Westworld as opposed to... Yeah. Out of the... I mean, in my theories, he's basically the same character. Like, he's creating all of this shit. He's writing all the stories. He is sending Thor and Loki on very specific paths. Like, so he's good I mean... Bad. The dude is too, too calculated. Like he he's asleep. The second Thor bangs on the bi- or the the rainbow bridge, wakes up. Like he like it is literally like he fucking just knew all this shit was gonna happen. He's like, all right, well now I need to go save my boys and then banish Loki. They, they do say that he can hear and he knows what's going on mm-hmm. around him. Oh while yeah, he's asleep. So like he knew he wasn't gonna get assassinated by the the uh, Lawson, right? Uh-huh. Or Lawson, 
Laufey, thank you. Laufeyson. Oh, I, I just kind of merged it together. Um, but yeah, Laufey, like, I mean, he knew, he didn't wake up because he's like, well, I know Loki's about to, you know, he, this is all part of his little plan here, you know, his, or whatever. And, uh, and then like, he knows he's sitting on the throne, like at the beginning, whenever Thor is about to be, you know, his coronation, whatever. Um, and right whenever, like, the, the yeah, coffin or whatever. Um, yeah, right yeah. whenever there's someone just in the armory room, he's like, Frost Giants. He knows. Like, he just knows. Like, and I don't know, like, because with the Destroyer, like, Loki literally controls, like, the Destroyer. It's like him. Like, it is, like, yeah, at the end. like through its eyes, it is, quote unquote. Yeah, and so, like, so, like, I'm assuming, o- like, maybe Odin just has... You know, the destroyer's back there behind that wall, and maybe it's just like a literal security camera he can pop in, mm-hmm. and, you know, at any time, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but it it feels like Odin knows more of what's going on than just in his armory. You know, it feels that mm-hmm. he has a a much grander grasp on everything. And and my the short version of my theory is that everything in the MCU is a loop. Um. And it's shown by Loki, and like the he had to go on this loop. But in order to start Loki on that loop, even in the first place, Odin had to take him out of the ice. You know, like Odin has to start Loki on this path, kind of like Ouroboros and Victor Timely. Like they yeah. both were the creators and the end at the same time, sort right. of thing. So kind of like that. That is the same thing that's going on with Loki and Odin in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Yeah. And that all of everything that Loki went on was just the lessons that he should learn to not be selfish. And losing is okay if it means saving everything, you know, sort of thing. Um, in which, I mean, that's the lesson he taught Thor in this one. is like he, he banished him to Earth, was like, all right, you're going to fall in love instantly with one of the hottest women on Earth. Uh, because it's the first human you'll ever see. Um, and she's Natalie Portman. And, you'll, and, and then you'll come back. And then you'll have to realize you can't go back to her. Like, you'll, you'll, you have to sacrifice that for the greater good. And he, I don't know. I think it's, it's, they didn't plan this whatsoever. I'm not in any way saying that from the jump that they're planning all this shit. But right, I think, right. like, it's it's a cool way to retroactively, uh, if they if they want to restart the MCU at large, I think they need to kind of go back to the beginning. Like, it's something needs to happen in which either everything's destroyed or like something reveals how the MCU works. Like they, I don't know what that would be, but this is the only thing that can connect in my mind. Um, just Here's my thing: I don't think they're creative enough to do that. You know, really? You don't no. think? I mean, and She Hulk, they had the Kevin robot, so I mean, they were, literally yeah, could they, go that route. No, um, yeah, I'm mean, like they were at one point when it was smaller. It's just gotten so fucking big mm-hmm. that I think in order for it to wipe out. It, it's just they i don't like there will be like a last i think they'll know when that is i don't think they'll be like mm-hmm. oh well it's over we're just gonna go ahead and reboot i think there will be like a fitting like i don't think they will make it so that the mcu like kind of starts over i think it'll be like mm-hmm. we send off our send off our universe on a on a high note which i will again i've I've liked a lot of stuff post end game it just doesn't seem worth it. Um, Endgame yeah. was was that, you know, and I think that we get something like that again, and then they, Marvel's not going to stop making movies. They'll they'll reboot mm. it, and, you know, yeah. they'll do something again. But um, Man, this, 
I mean, this is, I, I love the stage of, that we're in because like nothing's set in stone. Like I love that the infinity stones weren't even like hardcore created until Guardians of the Galaxy, like the backstory of them. And James mm. Gunn was just like, all right, fuck it. I'll do it. Cause I'm James Gunn. But like it's anything could just happen right now. And there's the world is so open, but like the world we're in now is like, there's so many restraints. There are so many things that, that have to like, that you have to make sure mm-hmm. make sense that it's like, it makes sense. And it, yeah, up. It's tough. But in, in, in the fourth movie of the MCU, they're like, fuck it. Nine realms, Asgard, Odin, uh, look at his armory. He has some, weird, and yeah, all that some weird relics. The coffin, whatever the hell that is. Like, uh, the, that the ice. Casket. It's called casket. casket. Thank you. Yeah, casket. But like, it's just kind of like their space stone or like their power stone sort of thing. I don't know. It's just kind of, it, it unleashes cold and can power their shit. Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, it's an interesting little idea, you know. I, uh, one thing that I do appreciate about this movie is that they were willing, you know, when it comes to the previous MCU movies we've seen so far, we've got RDJ who, um, was in the midst of resurging, you know, he was, he was, he was mm-hmm. on his way. He did Zodiac the year before and, you know, it was like, oh, maybe RDJ's back and then he does this. And, but regardless, well established. Gwyneth Paltrow, well established. Mm-hmm. Ed Norton, well-established like uh and the supporting characters are well-established john favreau has been busy he's done a lot in that time um uh terrence howard was was mm-hmm. very famous and still is to a degree and you know but like uh i appreciate that we give the lead to relative unknowns you know chris hemsworth had been in star trek two years before um in a small role but uh, really? uh i didn't yes, know that yes know. he was uh George Kirk, so he's the son. I, I can't remember how he's related to Captain Kirk, um, played by hmm. Chris Pine. Um, okay, but wow. uh, I'm not, I'm not yeah, being in so, the Star Trek universe, but that's I'm not either. I just uh, I, that's, I was familiar with Chris's Hem, uh, Chris Hemsworth's filmography, but and yeah. and then Tom Hiddleston. This is his first big swing, but uh, we've got Anthony Hopkins, who nope. is. Sir Anthony at, Hopkins. Yes, at this point, uh, you know, most famous for playing Hannibal Lecter, uh, Silence of the Lambs, and uh, uh, Hannibal. Um, we got Idris Elba, who'd been not a movie star yet. He's still a working actor at this point. Um, hmm. But, you know, he was in The Wire uh, uh-huh. and was like the main villain of The Wire for years, hmm. um, and which was a prestige HBO drama that, everyone watched at one point so like uh you had that and then you have natalie portman who three months before this movie comes out had won an oscar for the best actress in a leading role so like you gotta you got a fantastic supporting cast and it reminds me i always connect it back to this for that is like star wars where you got unknowns Mm. you got you got mark hamill harrison ford carrie fisher uh, but you're anchoring it with Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing mm-hmm. and these sorts of people. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it grants it a sense of legitimacy. Like, cause like we've been saying, it is, it was a risk. It was a big swing. And uh, I think it, I think it pays off overall. I think it's a much more fun movie than it is a good movie, you know? And I yeah. think that's an important distinction. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I sit in the place where so far um, this is my personal favorite MCU movie. Um not the best, but my personal favorite. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm back and forth between this and Iron Man, just because I, I do have that history with Iron Man. Um, but man, if I'm just popping a movie on, 
this one's kind of a lot easier to rewatch than Iron Man. Uh, it's I like just visually cooler. The soundtrack is way better. Uh, the soundtrack like is fucking incredible. Yeah, cool. I've been listening to it the whole time in the background. It's just fucking. It's goaded. Uh, like almost every Thor movie has has a pretty uh nice soundtrack to it. It's just it, it's so it, it's a chance for Marvel to go super fantasy if they want to. Um. Because with Iron Man, it's on Earth, uh, like Hulk on Earth. It's still still crazy that it's that they're mm. a thing. But Thor is literally a god. Like, oh, these are stories that we do tell kids, or like like these are very well known stories, uh, like in just Norse mythology. So it's like it's, um, I don't know. I love I love to think that that all mythology at some point was true. But there, you know, there are fucking nine. Re- you know, they just actually popped back to Asgard. You know, but they came here for a little bit and. Mm-hmm. and- I don't know, I think there was, someone was saying that, yeah, it was Natalie Portman and Stone Scar, they were all arguing, um, about like, how science fiction's only science fiction until it's, you know, until it is science fact, whatever, and, mm-hmm. and Stone Scar's are like, oh, these are stories I told my fucking kids, we need hardcore proof, we need evidence, or whatever, and then the Warriors 3 and Sif pop up right at their front door, and they're like, yeah. shit. They're, I don't know yeah. if that is the exact moment, actually. I might it's be right around then. Together, um, but, um, I, lo- I yeah, love the. It's not, it's not too far after that, but uh, Tav, what uh, what what would you say was your favorite scene in this movie? Uh, in terms of scene, I don't know. Like, no. I, the, the, yeah, there's not really one scene that mm-hmm. I feel like really helps encapsulate any. Because I like to think of like what scene is not like prophetic, but like kind of speaking to the central themes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that tends to be like my favorite expression, but. I can't, I don't know that I have a specific one. If I had to choose one, I guess, um, I think Loki, um, Loki's introduction as, like, King um, felt really sinister. And it was kind of um, unnerving how sinister it felt when taken in context of how he ends up being portrayed as kind of not a, a joke villain, but, like, I think the Avengers kind of do Loki dirty with where they start him and where they take him in terms of seriousness. Like, you're just mm. kind of like, he's just the lackey by the end of it. But I'm like, no, like, when he was introduced, like, Loki was, like, threatening. And, I mean, he still should be threatening because he's very powerful. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's like he uses the I'm a god. Like, I am a god of mischief. And it's kind of like a running joke that he calls himself a god. But, like, he, I mean, the everyone that we know in the mcu like he's he's legitimately a god you know like he's he's got the work he's got the stuff to back it up um and i that was i think my shot um that i'm i'm going with it's between loki i'm like on the throne they made him look like a an eye like a frost giant like they made him look huge up there um and like the angle of like the the warriors three and sif kind of looking up to him they're all kneeling with like you know doing their their fist across their chest and and when he starts to walk down the steps, there's like this really cool blue kind of lens flare. I don't, I don't know it or kind of what it is, but he's just like walking through it, and it just I don't. I thought I thought that whole like sequence was just shot super well. No, yeah, that's definitely um, one of the best visuals. A lot of the stuff on Asgard is really really pleasing visually. Yeah. Like I, oh, for yeah. me, shot wise, it was hard. I, it, the movie kicks off with my favorite shot like when they introduce okay. Thor and he's standing above his coronation ceremony and he lifts his hammer and you see 
like <gasps> it kind of reintroduced like you're introduced to this larger side of the universe you know like we got all these people in funky funny armor and mm-hmm. the golden aesthetic and everything oh. like it's it was uh it was nice i really enjoyed it and it, i mean like composition wise it was just one of the more interesting shots in the movie you know i think mm. that uh it's yeah, opening it, the opening of asgard was was just incredible. Like you have an Anthony Hopkins narration going on in the background, which I'm always a, I always fucking love. He's, you know, talking about Asgard's history. And then he's, and then like after the war is all over, he's like, and then we return to the realm eternal Asgard. And then like, you think it's Asgard, but you're actually beneath Asgard. And then it like flips it. Like the camera like pans up and you Mm. see, it's like a reflection of like the bottom of Asgard, and then it, and then like you you slowly pan up to see the rest of it, yeah. and like I don't know, I thought everything in Asgard was was awesome, and then like those huge like statues like at the at the top of Asgard, like I remember like I mean massive like a hallway of of just like uh, warriors or something I don't know like it it, it looked um, I just thought they they did incredible with with mm-hmm. Asgard, and picking anything on Earth was was kind of tough. Uh, to to pick something on earth but um i don't know for my scene went with something on earth because i uh i mean i love i i just loved the moment whenever you know it's a little i don't know forced at the time you know but it makes sense i enjoyed it where you know he's approaching the destroyer and he's like loki whatever it is that i did to you Mm. that made you do this i'm sorry and he gets smacked to death. Um, yeah. Bitch slapped, too. Uh, yeah. Just sent 500 yards backwards. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I forgot that that's how, it, how like, he was injured enough to need his hammer back. He could have killed I, Yeah, I mean, he's mortal at that point, you know. Yeah, like, like if you get, just... you get smacked like that, you're going to die. That's some trauma to the brain, for sure. Um, but uh, I loved that uh, There's there's the sense of... Whenever the the hammer starts buzzing and everyone's mm-hmm. like, it's going crazy. It's, and then it shoots up into the air. Stellan Skarsgård runs and grabs Natalie Portman and pulls her away. And mm-hmm. then he like stands up and catches it and he's all fucking got it out. And Natalie Portman goes, oh, my God. You know, like yeah. they, they realize oh, he man. has been, you know, like he's For not real. crazy. You know, like, uh, he might have been right about a lot of stuff. Um, but more so than that, like the sense that we get coming into this movie, just like what Tavares was saying, I feel like this kind of captures what the thematic tie of the movie is. Like he, he was Mm -hmm. unworthy until he was worthy. This is true. This is true. And that felt Um, like a really meaningful message for his first movie, considering how his story ends up, because it's like, he even that's not even the first time or the last time that he'll be quote unquote unworthy of mm. of the title of Thor. Um, it just kind of speaks to the resilience that he has and the kind of person that because when when Thor like if I was thinking about like how Thor how I perceived Thor through like the end of the Infinity Saga and honestly it was just like as one of those motherfuckers who will do what needs to be done regardless of if he's got a weapon or not and that doesn't come without this kind of storytelling i think from his origin mm. yeah like him just i there I, I don't know if he has a hammer but i remember him just like jumping and just lightning being like around him and like no weapon at all and he's just like charging into a huge crowd or something like that and it's just yeah like it's it's sick that he 
he doesn't really need anything. And like even with the like when he starts fighting the ice giants though, I know we said it kind of looked like 2011, but like that first like doosh, like in just like sending like just the uppercut with the hammer and like the dude just flies backwards. I was like, okay, I don't know this. When he was just taking them all out, I'm like, this dude's just fucking like he's different. Like the Warriors three and Sif are like, we gotta fucking go. Like holy shit, and like the big right. dog is like the Rancor is coming out, and then Rancor, you know yeah. Thor, Thor's just still like. I'm not worried. I'm not worried at all. You know, I'm, I got this. I'm going to, I'm going to make my friends seem that they're going to die, but I got him at the last second. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to. Well, there's a lot of, again, like imagery wise, this is why, like, I appreciated Kenneth Branagh being behind the camera because he has a real knack for this sort of, like I said, Shakespearean fantasy. And, mm-hmm. you know, whenever Odin arrives at, um, Ooh. Jotunheim and Ooh. Uh, the Bifrost is, hammering down and he's on his horse and he's lifting his you know he's lifting i don't even know what his fucking scepter scepter is yeah what is that thing Um, odin's scepter that sounds right odin's because loki has a scepter spear Um, maybe gungir gung gungir gung g-u-n-g-n-i-r i I guess that's that might be the actual norse i don't know if that's mcu right Um, yeah no it's it's gung g-u-n-g-n-i-r gung Gungnir, um, I guess. Um, yeah, made of an made of uru. Um, ah, yeah, that's that's, that's the same that's stuff that Mjolnir and Stormbreaker yeah, are made of. And, um, but uh, no, like a, a lot of the Bifrost imagery was really cool. I loved when the Warriors Three, Lady Sif and Thor and Loki were going mm. to Jotunheim, and it was like the first time we are in the Bifrost. I loved... Uh, the Bifrost uh, imagery is, like, the most oh. symbolic of Thor, I feel like. When I think Thor, I think that fucking sick ass. And, like, it, that's told in how they literally devote a whole movie to that aesthetic in Ragnarok, I feel like. Right, exactly, exactly. They do end up making sure that we explore that fully, and I, like, I love that he's gained the ability now where he wields Stormbreaker, mm-hmm. which has the ability to just Axe, he doesn't need Heimdall, like, uh... What I'm like saying, dude, like, it, like, Asgard, it seems futuristic, but it is really a crude recreation of all of the magical abilities that, like, it seems that they had. Like, Loki can just time slip and do whatever he wants. Thor can harness the power of the Bifrost, I guess, with Stormbreak. You know, he can't do it on its on his own. Oh, yeah, but, he needs Stormbreak. Um, but, like, it's, it's, like, the... Bifrost we see, it, it seems like a very old technology. Um, like the spin, it has to spin and then point to wherever and mm-hmm. shoots them off, you know? Um, I just, I don't know. I, I love, I love Heimdall in here though. Just being like, um, his introductory shot, that like sort of that Dutch angled upward angle of him, mm-hmm. the beautiful fucking starry sky in the background. Oh, yeah. Gorgeous. Um, oh, yeah. And this, and, uh, and, I'll say for this movie, what I really love is it has a fantastic first act. And of the MCU movies we watched, I'd argue the best third act um, mm-hmm. so far. Um, and the middle's important character work, but that is definitely the most slow going part of the movie. Like when he is yeah. just stranded on Earth and all that stuff is kind of happening. Yeah. Uh, this is true. I mean, we do have Tony stuck in a cave and, and, you know, I guess it's not as drawn out and it's kind of, that's more near the beginning. Uh, but I think, I, I think it's, it's very crucial. Like I, that, that he goes on, on this slow, um, and drawn out sort of thing because he's used to Asgard. He's used yeah. to being Thor. He's, you know, it's like, 
Uh, it's everything is so different for him. So it, it as far as a movie goes, it might not be the most entertaining, but I think it was the right decision um, to like make his story stronger because I think it, it that third act doesn't feel as good if you don't get to sit with him powerless for such a long time. Oh like, yeah, no, absolutely. I don't think that him being powerless is necessarily what makes the middle of this movie kind of weak. I hmm. think that uh, it, it feels like it's just kind of middling and muddling around in the exact same ideas for about 45 minutes in the middle of the movie. Like we That's are, we, we're, we're really That's dwelling fair. on the same shit over and over and over. Like, uh, uh, I don't know. Like I, 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 don't get me wrong. I enjoy it a great deal. I'm more, I'm more talking about the quality at this point. Like it's just a, mm. it's, it's a week. It's a week part of the movie i think yeah. and like uh, weaker than the first and third act like it's not bad per se i don't want to say i don't want to put it like that um mm -hmm. yeah it's just that when you have such a exciting fresh new first act and something that pays off from the 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 first two acts in a really compelling way there um i think that something this uh more so than anything that middle act has a tough time that's where the tone balancing becomes really difficult because you are doing this slow, powerless thing on Earth, but then we're cutting to Asgard and Loki's taking over and there's this really exciting angle going on there. And it's just like mm -hmm. this, it's this really, it's, it's a tough thing to balance. And I think they do about as good a job as they could have. Um, well, that's, that's probably not true, but, um, you know, they, they do, they do a solid job, you know, like it's not, it's nothing. Hmm. Nothing groundbreaking, but it's it's good. You mm -hmm. know, it's solid. Um, yeah, and sometimes I, mean, I, like I, I think it's it's valid enough to say that Thor is the character for the movie. I think I, I think for an origin movie, it should go that way. I think that's that's kind of um, what you would hope even for. more interesting for me. I also went with Thor for my favorite character of the movie. He earned it. I did. Yeah. I I did not have him as my favorite character for. Mm. Yeah, I movie. I had Heimdall in there for a little. I had Odin. And I had Loki. Uh, I was just kind of going back and forth. Even I guess Jane. Jane's pretty cool too. Like, man, hey, you're kind of right. Thor just has the sickest supporting cast yeah. around him. Like uh, on site. Like as soon as you meet them, you're like, these are some dope ass motherfuckers. And it 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 is important for Thor's story that he is at the beginning. Obviously, not your favorite character. He's not supposed to be at the beginning mm -hmm. of the movie. Like he he oh, is. Yeah. I want to fight them. Cool. I want to teach them yeah. a lesson. I'm Brother. the king. Yeah, it's like we'll finish them together. <laughs> that that delivery is horrendous. Um, I love I love Chris Hemsworth, but it's, it's bad. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, and I I also can't stand the blonde eyebrows. Don't know what they were thinking there. Um, that it. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Now that you point that out. Oh, I wow, can't wow. not watch it without being like. Uh, is Chris Hemsworth not a blonde? Um, not, I don't think his eyebrows. His are, eyebrows yeah. are not blonde. Um, oh goodness! Oh wow! Yeah, that's like they might have dyed his beard as well. No, yeah, um, like his his entire facial hair is blonde, where it's not normally blonde. Um, oh yeah, his beard and I. Oh, like his whole hair is actually just way darker. Yeah, he's a dark headed man. Is, yeah. Um, um, but man, yeah, wow. I and mean, you did see they that later on in like Ragnarok and and mm -hmm. stuff like that? Like, and it, it's he has a dirtier blonde thing going on than this pure, yeah. you know. And like, this is more in terms of iconography, very much more accurate to the idea true. of Thor. Um, true, true. 
Yeah, I, I was uh, reading that they came down between the Hemsworth brothers for Thor. Like that was the oh. the two people they were between, um, which which is interesting. I was trying to think of like someone which else ones? who could have been Thor. Oh, there's more than two. Oh shit. Yeah, there's a few of them. Um, one of them's in Westworld, actually. One of them is Ashley in Westworld. Um, one of the guards, um, for the for the park. Um, there's Liam. Liam. Chris. It is Liam. Liam. Yeah. It was. It was Liam. Wow. I didn't know there was. That's funny because I... the other one, the one who was in Westworld, is the actor Thor in Ragnarok. And whoa, Love whoa, that's fucking weird. That yeah, that is weird, whack. But Liam, I don't. I mean, I guess I could. I mean, they do look kind of similar. I just, I don't know. It seems that he doesn't have the build uh, that Chris Hemsworth does. Like, Chris, I mean, he just looks like fucking Thor. Like, well, I you, mean, like, you could make the argument that maybe if Liam had booked this role, um, he would have that build. You know, true. that's kind of, uh, it's kind of something the MCU makes sure they get their, their guys to do is steroids. Um, yeah, did he do a bunch of them? Did he do a bunch of them? All of them do, bro. Like, Chris Evans doesn't just look like that, you know? Um, Didn't they do some fair. camera magic to get them looking, looking like they're superheroes? Oh, certainly, yeah. There's, there's, definitely, there's definitely a balance there, you know? There's, uh, but, you know, when we get to... I remember when I saw Age of Ultron in theaters, and there's that, like, scene of, like, Chris Evans chopping wood, and I was like, I, I just felt terrible about myself. I was <laughs> like, my God. This is. Yeah. I mean, whenever he's, whenever Thor's here and he's putting on uh, Jane's ex's yeah, clothes, yeah, and he we, just walks out of the closet with the shirt. female gaze, which I yeah. appreciated. You yeah, know, like, like they, they, he's just holding the shirt. He he's, he puts pants on in the closet, but he's holding the shirt in the closet. He chooses to walk out of the room and be like, eh, "I have the shirt in my hand, but you know, I'll, I'll let you look more hot, a little bit." You know, um, yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I love like Jane just. I mean, yeah, because you're gonna be. I mean, he's. It, this is a. This is a beautiful man. There's. There's yeah. no question about it. Um. Oh. And and even the convos that like uh, Eric Sel- like uh, Stellan Skarsgård has with him, like, hey, I I care for her, like, and I know the way she looks at you, like, don't don't fucking hurt her. Um. Like I love I love that, and that's I think in that scene, yeah, that is where my line comes from. Now they're just sitting in a bar drinking, uh, just two dudes chatting it up, and. uh Skarsgård says, anyone who wants to find their way in this world has to start by admitting he doesn't know where the hell he is. Um, and I mean, like, it, it works for Thor perfectly in, in right. this movie. And it, it just, I, I think it's just kind of like a, just a, a bar. Uh, anyways, just in, in general. Um, it's, I don't know, I, I love, I love Stellan Skarsgård as well. I had to, had to get him in here somewhere, uh, no matter what. Uh, he's just, I, I love, I love what he does. But yeah, I like, I like the, the emotional resonance definitely came from Natalie Portman and Stellan Skarsgård, and um, I'd say like o- o- like Anthony Hopkins a little bit. Frigga, some you know, I, I wish Frigga was in here a little more. Um, like she's just like by Odin's you know bedside and and like talks yeah. to Loki a little bit. And they tried um, to yeah. it's like later on, and it was kind of like, oh, who is her? Who is she again? Like you have to mm-hmm. remind yourself the current queen of Asgard. Uh, you know, just kind of. Hanging well, out, whatever. Kind of build on with Thor: The Dark World that you know it, it, it's important for Thor: The Dark World, and maybe important that you leave it out for this movie for us to be thematically mm. more understanding of Loki. Is that Frigga and Loki have a have a good relationship? They are particularly like where Odin favored Thor 
Frigga recognized that and showed Loki a lot of love. You know, like mm-hmm. that's uh, that's a, that's an important part of Loki's upbringing. Um, yeah. And even so, I think that I don't think they do quite enough with that. I do think there's still something that he could harbor that resentment for his father and for his brother and, you know, but like kind of protect his mom almost like, uh, mm. like you were like, I, you were the only one that was good to me sort of thing. Like, uh, Eesh. yeah, remember, I'm remembering now just what he does, um, to her. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. Loki's just inadvertently. He doesn't yeah. mean for it to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he, he didn't mean, you know, he, he only allowed a couple of frost giants into the armory, you know, you know, he didn't oh, mean to God. start a war, you know, or anything like that. Uh, but oh, yeah, I, I, guess, I, I guess, I don't know. Dark world is kind of distant from me. So I'm a lot of the details. I just kind of like, I'm remembering mostly the TVA rewind of Loki's life instead of mm-hmm. actually what happens in the dark world. Right. Um, but I think I remember Dark World being pretty, pretty ass, if I recall. Mm. Compared that's to that's the general consensus. That um, is the general consensus. I think we're gonna run into something that, like, because I mean, this is I'm 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 excited to dig more into the MCU as we've been talking about. You know, we're about to get into a place where there's a more steady flow of, at the very least, enjoyable. But we've also talked about it as being better. Hmm. Um. Yeah, we get first class is next up, which I mean that's not MCU, but like for next that'll up be, is yeah, Cap's, Cap's um, origin. Like the first Avenger is first Avenger is an actually good movie. That yeah, that might be besides Iron Man the only other truly good movie from Phase One. Um, yeah, mm, yeah. Uh, um, and then obviously but, the Avengers. Like I mean, it like Phase One is it's there's no like terrible movie, you know, out of Phase mm-hmm. One. I like. Hulk maybe would be the worst. I don't know. I guess Iron Man too. Iron Man how too you is, feel. Yeah, definitely. Guys, critically, yeah. But uh, I just I have. Hulk. What's that? That's I. I can't. I still can't. I. There's no way I can put Iron Man two below Incredible Hulk. I. I. I, I, I can't put. I can't put uh, Iron Man two below Incredible. Like Hulk. it's 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 not. I can see the downfalls of Iron Man two, but I still can't uh-huh. put it below. Incredible Hulk was Hulk. Hulk. Um. That was like. Like yeah, yeah I, I like it more. I like it more. I do. I guess I I did <laughs> tweak my. I'm gonna press I did, you to defend yourself on this every time. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know. I have them literally back to back in my ranking, like my own personal one. And I, I tweaked it kind of a bit. Iron Man two is at thirteen. Incredible Hulk's at fourteen. So it's like okay. I see them kind of on the same level. If anything, I've got yeah. Iron like where where this ends up falling. This uh, in terms of enjoyment, this falls on my ranking. Rather high. Um, oh, it's high I, on mine. Yeah, I, yeah, it's high. I, I like this one. I, I like okay. in terms of just a casual viewing. I could throw this on. I I was tempted to throw it on immediately after I fucking finished it last night. Like, just go ahead and run it back, put it on in the background, do whatever mm-hmm. I needed to. You know, um, it's an incredible I have rewatch. Not, I've not felt that in a while for one of these, yeah. but uh, yeah, it's uh, it land. Where did it where, land? Well, for as we know, last week this is our forty-first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, or a couple weeks ago when we did Iron Man 2 that, that got bumped down to 28 because this rose above it. Um, 28. So it was at 27. It was 27 and then I oh, added four. Okay. So, yes. Um, wow. Okay. Okay. Um, Incredible Hulk is at 12. 
and Iron Man's at 11. So I put Incredible Hulk more on a similar footing to Iron Man than I do Iron Man 2. Wow. Um, Wow, wow. Yeah, I mean, that movie was surprising for me. I enjoyed that one a lot more than I thought I did. Mm -hmm. Also, that's the MCU movie I've watched far and away the least. That was basically a first watch, and Mm -hmm. I... Also, historically, just in terms of a nostalgic attachment, I even have a greater attachment to Hulk than I do Iron Man. So there's mm. that as well. Um, okay. But and, Thor yeah. finds its place finds its place in the top ten above Spider Man Two, yeah, above V for Vendetta, and okay. just above the first X Men at seven. Okay. Wow. I uh, that seven is where Thor lands for me. Um, it is, it, it was comfortably in my top 10, uh, below Iron Man, Iron Man is five for me. I, I bumped it up to five. I think it was at like six or I don't know what before, but yeah. it, Thor, the two above it, Iron Man and Spider-Man two. I have Spider-Man two just barely above Thor. I just, my nostalgia for Spidey and Doc Ock. I don't know. I, I, that's, that's just a movie I could throw on no matter when I, I, it might not be as good of a movie, but I still put Spider-Man two above it. I put Thor above Batman Begins um and uh v for vendetta and watchmen and i love i loved the watchmen so like that thor i don't know i i had a really good time with this one and this is a like the rewatchability was a big factor in i love the deeper we that. get into this how far and farther apart our rankings get it's yeah super, they're it's super satisfying <laughs> yeah because you're you said iron man 2 was like 27 28 my 27 yeah. and 28 is superman 4 the quest for peace and batman and robin um or that's like hey, Batman and Robin's twenty seven. Batman and Robin's twenty seven. So okay. we're right there. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. But but Superman yeah, the, four quest for peace. The X Men. Yeah, I don't know. I I think First Class was the one I remember liking the most. Actually, out of the X Men movies. When yeah, I and you them didn't first. get to these until like um, a couple years. Yeah, ago. Yeah, I don't have that history. The X Men yeah. like X two and X Men fall just right outside my top ten. It's eleven and twelve. But yeah, X two um, is in my top five. So. Oh. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I have I have Thor just below Batman Begins at six. Um, yeah, I put it above. I don't know. I, I like Batman. It's definitely a better made movie. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, Batman Begins versus Thor. But but as far as just like if I'm gonna put a movie on, I'm gonna watch Thor before Batman Begins because if I'm putting on a Batman movie from that trilogy, it's The Dark Knight. Right. Um, so Dark I, one right now as well. So, yeah, yeah, that's um, that's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough to uh gonna be to tough get there. Well, well, Runtime on Thor two just makes it so easy to just throw on any time. Yeah, it was an hour and forty minutes. It was so fucking simple and easy and nice. Just it was mm-hmm. over before I even knew it. You know, I think the middle it's 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 a it's a little stretchy. It it lasts a little long, but. Never, never once were you like, ah, oh, this is just like, it's oh, just end it now, please. Yeah. yeah, like clearly I've got it top 10 out of 41 here. You know, like it's if the middle mm-hmm. if the middle act was as bad as at some points I'm saying it is, it would not be this high. Um, yeah, that's yeah, I don't know. I was I was pleasantly surprised. I knew I was going to like it. I knew it was going to be pretty high up already, but I think it it surprised me more than anything. I think it, it probably climbed higher than I thought it would. Um, cause I didn't think I'd put it above Batman Begins, honestly, for me. And like, I love V for Vendetta. That's another Natalie Portman one that I just, I don't know. I, V for Vendetta is just a, a really unique, it's unlike any other comic book movie that there is. And I still put Thor above it. Um, so I mean, I'm, I, 
Thor is he's always been that guy, you know. I mean that's every dude, bro, that loves the MCU, it's that's the you know, he's the most powerful. Captain Marvel came in there and just shook the dynamic up and I, I oh my god, I love the arguments seeing people go back and forth on the power rankings of the you know, of, of the people hey, in the MCU. You know, if um, we were uh, if I was throwing Captain Marvel on this on this list right now I'd be pretty high up there. Just saying. Yeah. On this I mean, one, that... as we have it right now, 41. I love that movie. I'm not going to spoil I mean, it. But... It's not a bad movie. I mean, that's the thing. It's not a bad movie. The only pe- people that, that hate it are oh, yeah. extremely just misogynistic people. Um, Typically. Then there's yeah. there's there's certainly uh, criticisms to have. It's not a fantastic movie by any means. Um, I think it's kind of it's better made than this. It's better made than, oh, sure. than this. Yeah, so. where I'm where I'm sitting, I mean, I'm I'm looking I'm looking top five. I'm looking, I'm looking top three. I'm looking top I two. See, I could see top five on this one definitely. This one is just like yeah. the nostalgia of value alone just is mm. enough. Oh, dude, it's how much of that MCU magic was was the reason why this movie did so well. Oh yeah, so yeah. Far, was it rec- was it received well like by the public whenever it came out? Do you, um, like, have any idea? About as good um, as any other MCU movie, you know? Like, it's... uh, Not even Incredible Hulk was that poorly received, you know? Like, uh, mm. it's... Yeah. I mean, it made $450 million globally. Um, and then let's see what, like, Iron Man 2 would have made um, before. $620 million. So I guess, like, you had the name recognition of Iron Man. Like, mm-hmm. you'd probably expect to have a little bit of a a dip um but okay that's still did did well it seems i want to be um, sure and yeah, now i'm interested i want to see yeah ah. iron man made 585 worldwide yeah um, the dark world made just as much as iron man 2 um so it got it got people to come back like this it, yeah. i think that yeah I think so. that's ultimately the biggest key factor in mm-hmm. telling how it was received you yeah. know uh like the incredible hulk Granted, uh, only made two hundred and sixty million, so maybe it wasn't as as widely acclaimed as these other ones. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, regardless, it's uh, yeah, like I said, this is just kind of another one here. It's just a just another another MCU movie, and in its in its early days, it was exciting, it was new. I'm sure that drew people to the box office, and um, mm-hmm. I mean, it, uh, this was the first time I'd watched it in a couple years, and uh, I was. Uh, I was happy I liked it as much as I remember. Yeah. Um, you know, I uh mm-hmm. it was about as good as I expected it to be as well. <laughs> um yeah. but uh I did I did like I, I was worried that because of that I would have the same thing as Iron Man 2. I was worried that I was like cuz I remembered Iron Man 2 as me being like, "Oh, I like it a lot." Uh regarding mm-hmm. that, and I still I still enjoy the movie, but I I just eh, it's all right. I was afraid I'd come out of the other side like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. but i didn't i had a, I had a good time here uh I had, I had a great time here so i'm definitely enticed uh, to watch the next the next ones pretty pretty soon after. right like i i was tempted to fucking throw on dark world after i, I know this too like i, I was know. i mean we got some we got some time i think before the dark world uh it's okay number 52 um and, yeah, you know, and i was gonna say three months two months yeah I could, I could i could use it i could i could i could definitely go for it we got enough time but uh you know the Thor is just such a cool. I mean, it's so open ended, and like it's it's the the cool like oh, shit. I love the trope of like 
uh, someone coming to Earth that isn't from Earth, and I mean, I don't just like have having to experience Earth for the first time. Um, yeah, and, and I love like, I loved the flip side when Natalie Portman and all them hmm. realized that the world's larger than they knew. Like that's hmm. it, it happens in like Game of Thrones whenever Tyrion sees a dragon for the first time and shit yes, like that. Like, yes, yes, the, the reverence with like, oh my god, the world as I knew it before is not the same anymore. And I, <laughs> and I love that sort of stuff. One thing that kind of got me a little bit was like they see the destroyer, the destroyer, a metal giant that shoots laser beams out of its eyes. And, like, I guess they could have thought that that was, like, S.H.I.E.L.D. or maybe a Tony Stark thing, you know? But, like, at that site, I would be like, holy sh... Like, they see the Warriors 3 and Sif, and then they see the Destroyer. I mean, I'm already like, okay. I loved, I loved Agent like, Colston being like, uh, God damn it, Tony. He never tells me what he's up to when the Destroyer right. shows up. Um, yeah. Oh, d- he did say that? He yeah, did, he thought it was Tony. Oh, that's hilarious! Yeah. I missed that. Oh, damn, that's awesome! Wow. So they just okay, okay. Maybe that was the thought that it was just fuck. Tony's going crazy right now. Holy shit! Um, Still got some but, for that. But like the the stab through the neck and then it turns around on Dude, gnarly. Oh my god, that was awesome. No, it's um, it's. I I think that there's this unfair. You know, <laughs> people look back on this movie, and I think Loki's obviously the clear villain, but. Mm-hmm. people you know people often go like Luffy and the destroyer and all that and yeah. it's like they're no, more they were a means tool. to an end you know like destroyer is literally like know. a an extension of odin or loki it's not like its mm-hmm. own i don't know is it Same. is it sentient you know does it have its own i don't it feels like not it feels like it's no, just kind of like a kind of a, a, a century of some yeah. sort well, it's like real loki steel bot through the century wasn't he because that's how yeah. that's how yeah he, and Thor knew that, that as well. Like Thor right. was like, "Hey Loki, what's up? Like I know you hear me right now. Uh, don't don't kill these people. Kill me." Um, it's funny because it like never actually speaks, but I swear whenever Thor like catches his hammer or like he like feels that Thor's about to get up, he like turns and goes, "What?" And you can kind of hear Tom Hiddleston's voice behind <laughs> it. Really? Um, really? I think so. What? I might have been I might have been imagining that, but uh, I, I I the thing that made me think that that was the case is that i could vaguely make out tom hiddleston with like a voice filter um <laughs> but uh yeah no i uh like i said i'm I'm sitting i'm sitting fine with this movie it's a it's a fun one it's a it's a good time you know it's it's nothing groundbreaking but uh for the mcu it kind of was you know uh for the mcu it kind of was uh, um, yeah definitely i could yeah. have done it for you for all of us yeah it's a little bit different um, after after watching and and uh, the end going. is fucking good. The, the visually, the oh, last yeah. there, there's this moment whenever Loki and Thor are on opposite ends of like the Bifrost dome thing, mm-hmm. and Thor's like talking to him, and it's it's a Dutch angle, but it's like zooming in on him, and then it looks at Loki and it zooms in on him, and they keep talking, and it keeps zooming further and further, and it's mm. visually extremely kinetic and super fucking cool and. Stuff like that is super fun. And, I mean, visually, the ending is astonishingly well done. Like, I mm, thought right. that that was going to age a lot yeah. more poorly than it did. Um, And, frankly, I would be so fucking happy if some of the stuff we saw now looked like that. Um, oh, man, it was awesome. That, like, because 
in my head, I'm thinking like the ending is whenever he powers back up and he gets his hammer and, and kills the destroyer. But like he goes back to Asgard, like, and is like, yo, where's my brother? Like, I got to take care of this right now. And like, duh, you know, it's, it doesn't end on earth. Um, and yeah, that, that, I don't know, him just, did he know he was going to go in a little wormhole or like was this Loki just kind of being like, cause he, he does pop up back on earth in the post credit scene. Um, is that like where that portal just straight up took him like right I'm away? Sure we see him. Do you remember how he enters the Avengers? How he um, enters? Like how his, his entrance, like how he shows up. Oh, is it like in a, like walk through the port, like in his, in his ship? Yeah. yeah like he's already on earth right now though. In the post credit scene, right? Well, the post credit scene I think takes place. Uh, Eric Selvig's already been taken over at the beginning of the Avengers. We watch him get taken over. This takes place oh. during the post credit scene takes place during the events. Okay. The, um and okay. frankly, it's actually something they kind of retconned. Um they hmm. this was the general spirit of where the Avengers was gonna go, but this no longer is really what yeah. happens. Uh I see. you know, I see. Uh, because it's um. actually the studying on the Tesseract that opens the portal that Loki comes in through. Oh, that's when he starts yeah, to, that's, that's right. He, that's yes, what I thought. Yes. Um, okay. okay. So that's where like, it's a little, yeah, it's a little murky, but like it, the spirit of it anyway, like they were like, this is, this is something that we want to do. This is the idea of where we're going. This is something that like, so even if it's a small retcon like that, it's still, it's mm-hmm. still flows fine. You know, it's not like he's already yeah. there, but I like to think that he, he falls, he finds himself in a wormhole because that's the thing about this too is that like how does he just he just keeps falling right like there's no fucking there's no fucking ground he well, just keeps fucking going you see like a kind of like a wormhole type thing like a black hole that he kind of falls into and it closes right after he falls into it hmm. um, I didn't, I didn't like it, it's kind of like yeah it's like space is like collapsing around him sort of thing well, be- it's just um it's interesting to think about because, I mean, when he shows up in the Avengers, and obviously there's a continuity thing, they're not really, they weren't totally concerned with the idea that you had just watched Thor. Like, it's a reintroduction yeah. of Loki. Mm-hmm. If you had not seen Thor, it didn't matter. Um, and he's sweaty and crazed and fucking psychotic, which makes it look That's, yeah. like he's been falling for fucking years. Like, it's just, it's just been what he's doing, you know? Um, he's just, he fell all the way to I've earth. Been falling for yeah. 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, but like, he does mention that there's like, to Heimdall, he's like, there are pathways and shit that you don't even know about, you know, that, that I can access. Um, and he can block himself from Heimdall somehow. Right. Um, that's just kind of out there, which I think is kind of nuts. Um, like Heimdall, I don't know. He sees, like, in, in the, whenever he went to, like, Jotunheim, met with, uh, Laufey, you know, he's like, hey, I, I saw you, you know, you went to, to Jotunheim, but I couldn't see what you were doing. Like, what the fuck, dude? Um, and Loki's just like, yeah, no, I, I have that shit on me. Like, I, I can travel anywhere I want. You don't even know about it. Um, and I don't know. I, I think that's, that's pretty, like, just a detail they, they drop in there. I don't know if it's willy nilly or if it's to explain why he can just go wherever the fuck he wants to. And see, yeah, I think it's more just a, it's more of an explain away thing. And he's the god of mischief and he's powerful mm-hmm. and more powerful than he lets on, too. Like, he plays yeah. innocent, which is a lot of, a lot of the yeah. thing he does throughout the beginning of the movie. 
which I hadn't really recalled, but I loved whenever Odin was like banishing Thor and like they cut to they cut to Loki and he's like standing in the corner with his eyebrows like like no, oh no my, my puppy you know like that. uh, but it's like exactly what he wants yeah. so like um yeah no like I uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed a lot you know or uh, do do you guys think we're ready for a rating are we about there I think so yeah I was looking at what range it would fall in I mean if I'm if I'm ranking it up at seven right below Spider Man two above Batman Begins I mean that. That's nine range there for enjoyment. Um, in between nine two five and eight seven five for me, um, if I'm going off my own list. But and I think I think I'm actually kind of there. Like in the like Iron Man was a nine. Uh, we gave the first Iron Man a nine. X two was eight seven five. Spider Man two eight seven five. Um, so yeah, I uh. <sighs> I've gotten to a point now where I'm trying to recontextualize our rating system to kind of abide That's by true. a larger continuity with our critically acclaimed coverage. Um, and at this point, you know, I'm still very, very high on it. Like, it's not like, I don't think I can allow it to breach the nine barrier personally. Um, and there I'm are very gonna... few movies that I would think would. But eight seven five doesn't sound terrible to me. Uh, Tavares, mm-hmm. how are you feeling about this one? I could say I could see eight seven five to nine. Um, that area feels feels comfortable in terms of enjoyment. It's, it's almost spot on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Iron Man was a nine. I mean, I have I have Iron Man at five and Thor at seven. So like, I'm I'm fine with putting it at an eight seven five. Like, I don't I don't really even think it deserves a nine. Yeah, um, no. Like that's my thing is that Iron Man I've got at eleven. I've got X two at five. So mm. that's the other thing for me. So like I'm I cool see. with eight seven five. I think it's a it's a nice place to split split the difference there. Okay. All right, there we are. Now genre. I mean, hey, this is a big swing for them. This is a different whole type of genre um, that they're kind of going with here. You get a little fantasy in there. Um, I think the Asgard stuff is done very very well. The action uh, that we that we do see, I think, is actually pretty cool. Um, I, I love the sci-fi fantasy thing this, this mm-hmm. movie's got going on. Oh, I think yeah. genre-wise, it's... Uh, I think I, we, we talked about at the beginning of this sort of project what a 10 in the genre means, and I don't think this is quite okay. that. But one of the criteria was that this movie knew exactly what it was, and it did that as well as it possibly could have. Yep. And I don't think that's the case. But I do think this movie knew exactly what it was, and it acted on it in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, so I th- that that lends itself to at least an eight, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean that's eight would be Blade, X two, Batman. Blade is a fantastic uh, comparison. Hmm, like think- in terms of the genre, like knowing what it is, doing it maybe not to the highest possible mm-hmm. standard, yeah. but still doing a solid job you know I like, like that. Uh, iron man was also an eight um i feel like that's that is kind of just a they did they did a good job they knew what they were doing but they could have elevated it a little bit higher it just could have been a better movie yeah like yeah. yeah so i like i like an eight i think that sounds cool to me uh, adaptation wise this has a pretty um it, it's it, it takes its liberties to be sure but it's not a not a terrible adaptation. In fact, characterization wise, as far as comic Thor is concerned, this really isn't this really isn't bad. Uh uh-uh. it's not bad for Loki. Um it's mm-hmm. uh 
very, very honorable to like Ultimate Thor, like the Ultimate Universe, um, as a lot of the early MCU is. Um, I I find myself um, around the same point as Iron Man, uh, mm-hmm. Iron Man two, seven, seven, five, eight. I like that. Yeah, I think. I like that too. It's a, yeah, it's just it's nothing. I don't know. I guess I I don't. I'm not too deep into Thor comics and and truly. I will know say when it came to Iron Man, which got an eight, there's no one in that movie I could really point to and go, well, he's not particularly good, well adapted. I could do that with Iron Man too, and I could do that with this one, but it's for a character like Hawkeye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and for a, a and he's and it was, minute, he's, he's cameo. Yeah. yeah. So where this movie could have been an eight, I say we bump it down. I say we bump it down to a seven seven five. I think that's fair. Okay. okay. I agree with okay. that. Cool, cool. And then critically now, here we go. The most intriguing rating, in my opinion. Um this critically what would it be close hmm. to? Let's see. I'm Iron Man, I don't think I think Iron Man is probably Iron better Man's made better the first movie. one. Yeah, that's that's yeah. seven seven five. Um Spider Man I mean, we have is a seven. Um, yeah, I'm like, we've got Batman Returns at a seven. Batman Returns is a better movie than this. I don't think there's I, uh you know, the Incredible Hulk we had at a six two five. So I think that six five six seven five range is more where we end up falling critically, um, yeah. Because it is uh, above. I, I'd say it's above par. You know, it's it's yeah. above par. It's yeah, like it's contemporaries. It, yeah, it's 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 above middle of the road, but it's you know not by like a ton. You know, it's it's just solid. You know, so I think a six five or a six seven five, I could I could get behind either of those. I like that gap in between, like the Donner cut and Batman Forever and Spider Man Three. I, I, I like Spider Man Three. It's kind of goofy, but I still think it is. It's a good, it, yeah. Movie. I it, think, like still, in terms of the way that it's done, it's well. I rewatch that any day. Um. So yeah, I think I think like a six six seven five is more where I'm All thinking. Right. I'm cool with that. Um. Okay. Which would equal it out. Point seven five to a seven seven five overall, which places it below Batman Forever, below Spider Man three, but above Batman eighty nine and above Batman Returns, above the X Men, above yeah. the Hulk, Incredible Hulk. Love that. Um, All right. So I think, yeah, seven seven five. That, that's the. I mean, yeah, it's just kind of like a gut, uh, just to to rate the movie. I don't. I, I I'd say. I would have thought around closer to a seven or like a seven two five yeah, yeah. around, but that I, I think it's the rewatchability. I, like I think whenever is, it is works big out that it. way, like we're like, yeah, it would probably fall around a seven, and that's where we yeah. ultimately have it. You know, mm-hmm. whenever it doesn't work out that way, I'm like, man, did we do this right? You know, that's kind of one of the questions. I'm like, ah, you know, but uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm satisfied with that. That feels that feels nice. And uh, on the overall year of the. Uh, 70, uh, 74 movies now we have covered. This finds itself at 46. So, um, hmm. a little, that's, that's around halfway, you yeah. know, a little bit, middle. a little bit under, but that makes sense for like Oppenheimer's and Little Women's. Yeah, we've and, covered a lot of really good yeah, movies. Like, so that's, that's yeah. where the, that's where the tough thing comes in. So, um, 
you know, it's it's bottom thirty, but you know, I just mean, outside for, the top forty-five. Yeah, for comic right. books, um, I mean, it was thirteen, I think, on average, and and our are just comic books. So I mean, that's um, I think yeah, thirteen. Um, so almost top ten, uh, not not quite there. Um, but I think the the most important rating on this one of like where it stands amongst other movies is the enjoyment category yeah. here like how rewatchable it is how uh just it's i i mean i can i can throw this on any day um but like Absolutely. a i don't know i don't know what like a i don't know even like batman begins it's i know it's a way better made movie but i think but yeah i, I, I would also throw sooner throw this on than i would batman begins in a casual in a casual mm-hmm. sense for sure like uh the only the only reason i'm ever really watching batman begins is if i intend to watch the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a good point. Out of but, the uh, four movies, like, at where do you think you stand right now? Like, uh, is, is the, I don't know, because I like, I think Ragnarok is like the most people's favorite um, of like all the Thor movies. But I think like I'll this have one. To revisit it. <laughs> I mean, um, Ragnarok and this are one, two. Yeah, one way or another, and then Dark World, and probably Love Dark World, three, and four. The, yeah, yeah. I think that's that's fair. Again, Two one way tiers. or another, you know, like it's just, mm-hmm. uh, and it's I think that would be the general consensus, you know. I like when I look back on Ragnarok. I know I I talked some shit on Taika Waititi a little bit ago, but um, it's fun. It's, it's a fun just, movie, It is. You know? It is it fun. Is. And Kate yeah. Blanchett is in it, so how mad can Jeff you really Goldblum? Be? You got Jeff Goldblum yeah. up in there. Um, yeah, Jeff Goldblum and Kate Blanchett. I mean, like that's uh, on on the back of that alone, it could be the best MCU movie for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was the Steve or Spike Lee, Spike Lee Stanley cameo in this one? He's oh, the guy did who it work? Hair. Yeah. Or that was in Ragnarok. I was talking this uh, this Thor movie. He was he was in a truck trying to pull Mjolnir out oh, of the yes, out of the crater, yeah. and he's did like, it "Did it work?" <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Did it work?" Um, yeah. No, was, that was fun. But uh, yeah. With go. that, I think we ought to conclude this episode of the Penny Bloom Podcast. If you would, head to patreon.com slash pennybloompod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content, including all sorts of book reviews, comic book reviews, movie reviews, and the like. For $3 a month, you can support this podcast financially, which is huge because it costs me money and I don't make any off of it unless it's over there. Head to Twitter, follow at pennybloompod, follow on Instagram at pennybloompodcast. Remember to leave a five-star rate and review wherever you might be listening and to continue downloading episodes. It's a huge help. We are continuing our comic book movie journey through film this uh, next Friday with X-Men First Class. But in the meantime, we'll be uh, celebrating. Uh, is, is next is, is next week Christmas? Next no. Christmas? No, we got yeah, two, next two, week. two more Mondays. Yeah, we got two more Mondays. Um, gotcha. Then. Gotcha. But uh, in the meantime, then, uh, before Christmas, we're going to watch uh, Season 6, Episode 7 of Game of Thrones next Monday. And then mm-hmm. we are going to cover our last Michael Mann movie prior to Ferrari next Wednesday in Collateral. And uh, that's what we got that's what we got to look forward to. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, with go. that, I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. And thank you very much, Tavares Pennington. Oh, of course. Oh, Tom. Of course. Remember, peace, love, and bloom. And another.